Hi, I'm Ray Martinez, and thank you for joining me today's podcast. It's a great Bible study. It's a great read out of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. I'll read along with you. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. Verse 6, this is the key verse. This is why I remind you to fan the flames, the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. In verse 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. We're going to focus on verse 6. The King James Version says, stir up the gift of God, which is in thee which to me is much more powerful when I think about that. What does it mean to stir up the gift in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6? So I've titled this message, Stir It Up. I like to use the example of drinking my coffee in the morning. After brewing it, I add a sweetener and milk for flavor. But if I drink it without stirring it up, the taste is still bland with no flavor, obviously. So I have to intentionally swirl the ingredients together with the coffee for my perfect outcome. Isn't that what we all want? A perfect outcome? Something that is satisfying to our heart where Christ resides? When you stir up the gift, Christ is in the mix and only good can come from it. Stir up the gift is a phrase written by the Apostle Paul to Timothy, his young disciple in the faith. And when he talked about his grandmother and his aunt, he was really illustrating, look, Timothy, you're the third generation that have believed in Christ. So he's saying, stir up the gift appears in the King James Version on this verse, but other translations is to fan into flames the gift. And then a couple other versions says, keep ablaze the gift. And another two versions says, rekindle the gift. In the literal translation, it means to revive the spark of. If we can get the spark going, then you will have a flame. Look what happens in forest fires. It just takes a spark, right? Paul is relentless on asking us to keep the fire going. Here's another compatible verse, or here's some other compatible verses. For Timothy's edification, which is applicable today. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 through 16 says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into the task so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. It's important to understand that Paul wrote 2 Timothy from prison while awaiting his execution. So Paul was under a tremendous amount of stress. He had to just apply his faith. He knew what needed to be done. He only had a short time left before his death, so he penned this profound a personal letter for uh, a full of intense affection for Timothy, right? So he considered him his beloved companion and his protege. 
Paul knew that Timothy faced an enormous responsibility in leading the church, and he wanted to encourage this young man to stand firm in safeguarding the gospel and spreading the message of salvation in Jesus Christ. Now let's talk about cultivating the Spirit's work. The Spirit's work is not automatic. It must be cultivated. And here's a a great verse. Ephesians 5, verse 18 through 21. It says, Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now you see, this is all part of cultivation. Then it goes on in verse 19. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and make music to the Lord in your hearts. Verse 20, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Some really key components there, some good practices to put into place. 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 19 through 22 says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. I say that cautiously because we have to do our part to actually deliberately stay away from it. So how do we cultivate the work of God? Is it through the voluntary work at the church? Is it through hospitality, teaching, studying? through prayer, reading, listening, and sharing? Are we cultivating the gift God gave us? What is your gift? The Greek word translated stirred up really denotes the kindling of a fire with a roar or a shout, as it says, or a bark. Anyone who's ever really tended a campfire knows the stirring up, the the, the glowing embers of this dying fire can cause those embers to really flame up again and burn more brightly. Timothy was to see to it that his spiritual gift did not grow cold. I don't know how many times I've seen people say, I I really have this gift from God, but I just don't use it, I don't know how, or I just haven't done it. So this is really important. All believers receive the gift of the Holy Spirit at salvation. The Holy Spirit brings other gifts with him. And Timothy had received certain spiritual gifts to enable him to be an effective minister. The gift had come to Timothy through the, quote, laying on of Paul's hands. That is, the apostle had imparted this gift at the younger man's ordination when Timothy was being appointed to the ministry. You can see that in 1 Timothy 4, verse 14. I love the story about Smith Wigglesworth in his biography. The writer notes that one day Smith Wigglesworth was staying at a street corner in England and he saw a young boy staying at another corner. Smith Wigglesworth felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to lay hands on this young boy for the ministry. He called him over and the boy quickly ran towards him. He told the boy to stick out his tongue and he did. Smith Wigglesworth grabbed his tongue and prayed an anointing over the boy, stating that this tongue shall spread the gospel of the word. Years later, the young boy grew up to be a pastor of a great church. Isn't that amazing? Smith Wigglesworth was, uh, to me, kind of an unusual guy, but really blessed by God. He was a plumber by trade, and 
they found some writings on the back of his Bible and it said this, the Bible is the word of God, supernatural in origin, eternal in duration, inexpressible in valor, infinite in scope, regenerative in power, infallible in authority, universal in interest, personal in application, inspired in totality. Paul wanted Timothy to experience the fullness of God's gift. Paul was keenly interested in the life and ministry of Timothy, and he certainly wanted Timothy to have it all. It's not that Paul thought Timothy's faith was weak or dying out, but that he wanted Timothy to experience the fullness of God's gift. The gifts we receive from the Lord through the filling of the Holy Spirit are not given to us fully developed, but need to be strengthened and matured through use. The gift that Timothy was to stir up was most likely the gift of pastoral administration or the gift of preaching, needed for the bold proclamation of the gospel. Paul linked his charge to stir up the gift with Timothy's timid personality. Right after he reminds Timothy to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave him, Paul says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Some translation says, of sound mind. I love that. 2 Timothy 1.7 The Holy Spirit provides resources. The Holy Spirit won't necessarily transform a shy person into an extrovert, but he will provide the resources the person needs for every situation. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 12, verses 11 through 12. This is the answer to what we were just talking about. And when you are brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. Acts 1.8 is another one to look at. But let's take a look at Romans 8.26. God gives us his power when we are weak, his love to deal with those who seem unlovable, and his discipline for the times we lack self-control. Uh, let's read that in the New Living Translation because I like that even better. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Paul was not suggesting that Timothy keep the Spirit's flame ablaze by his own human effort. Instead, Paul knew that the Holy Spirit requires our willing cooperation to fill and enable us. We can find these easily in Colossians 3, verse 10, and verses 12 through 15. But I want to read with you 2 Peter 1, verses 5 through 8. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of the moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I find that most of us know what to do, but we don't do what we're supposed to do. 
We have to act on these things. How do we cooperate with the Holy Spirit to stir up this gift? We stir up the gift by using the gift we've been given. We stir up the gift through godly discipline, which produces the fruit of God's nature in our lives. Galatians 5, verse 22 through 23. Most of us are very uh, knowledgeable of this verse, but the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Again, such things there is no law. We keep the gift ablaze by not letting our spiritual selves grow cold or worse or lukewarm or as the church in Laodicea had become in Revelations chapter 3 verses 15 through 16. We fan the flames of faith by continuing to keep in step with the Spirit, following the Holy Spirit's direction and guidance in every part of our lives. Galatians 5.25 we stir up the gift by not quenching or neglecting the Spirit of God, but allowing Him to thrive in us like a living, blazing fire. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 and, of course, 1 Timothy 4, verse 14. I like some of William McDonald's notes, and he says, A man does not become a Christian by doing these good works, but rather he does these good works because he is a Christian. Oftentimes when uh, people like to live by the law of Moses, which is known as legalism, do not realize that the good works are the results of salvation and not the cause. The gift of Timothy is to share the truth and the distinction between the law and salvation as Paul did in some of the following verses. If we look at Acts 13.39, Everyone who believes in him is declared right with God, something the law of Moses could never do. Romans 3.20 For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Boy, isn't that the truth? Galatians 2.16 Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have to obey the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. You're going to be in constant sin. You're going to be constantly condemned if that's what you're trying to live by, that alone. Galatians 2.21 I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. That's the most logical verse I've read yet. Galatians 3.11 So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scripture says it's through faith that a righteous person has life. When we look at verse 7, I like what Paul writes to Timothy here. God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, or lack of courage. This word, us, is a big word. Paul is inclusive with himself by saying us, meaning all Christians. Timothy need not worry about standing alone. We are all in this together. So when Paul says we don't have the spirit of fear, he's talking to all of us. Our city motto says in Fort Collins, Colorado, together 
we are better. We often hear the motto, united we stand, divided we fall. John Dickinson wrote this in a music called the Liberty Song that was written in 1768. One line in the song is, then join hand in hand, brave Americans all, by uniting we stand, by dividing we fall. This verse alone has four key points to focus on. Number one, we are not given to fear. There's no time for fear or lack of courage. Number two, he has given us a spirit of power, unlimited strength at our disposal. We can endure patiently, suffer triumphantly, and if need be, die gloriously. Number three, he gave us a spirit of love. It is our love of God that casts out fear and makes us willing to give ourselves for Christ. And our love for our fellow men and women that makes us willing to endure all kinds of persecution and repay them with kindness. And number four, God gave us a spirit of sound mind. William McDonald stated that God has given us a spirit of self-control or self-mastery. We are to use discretion and not to act rashly hastily or foolishly. No matter how adverse our circumstances, we should maintain balanced judgment and act soberly. In conclusion, I'm going to give you seven takeaways that I got out of this. We are to stir up the gift within us. Number two, we are to cultivate the Spirit's work. Number three, God wants us to experience the fullness of God's gift. Number four, God wants us to know that the Holy Spirit provides resources. Number five, the Holy Spirit requires our willing cooperation. Number six, God wants us to know how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. That is by using the gifts and being disciplined. Number seven, Paul writes from the heart about us. We must be united in harmony, unison, and in one faith. God bless you. I hope you had some good takeaways yourself.